right, welcome to the Value Script. We're back. We're going to continue our conversation on parenting today. This is what you got to work with today. You got me, Lonnie Carmichael, the host. We got the lovely co-host who saves the day every day. And that welcome. was good. That was well, good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show. Love. Right, babes. All right. We so we were going to continue our discussion on parenting and um, how Meredith is such an amazing mother <laughs> and how the kids yeah. are great in spite of me. That is not how it is. But, All right. But here we go. <laughs> what ups? All right. One thing I want to just jump right into it. So pick up the discussion right where we left off. We were talking about uh, discipline and um, and teaching your kids like, hey, go to your room. Don't come out until you stop screaming. You know, it's kind of like telling your kid, hey. Um, I'm going to put you in the cockpit of this airplane and you don't come out of it until you learn how to fly it. Like they don't have the tools to navigate that landscape. And it reminded me of one of my favorite quotes I saved. This is the first quote I saved on Instagram in my church file, but it is, um, it's my Hank Smith again. And I don't care what religion you belong to follow Hank Smith. Oh, he's fantastic. He is just fantastic. He, he is such good practical daily advice. It's Christ-like. It's amazing. It doesn't have an angle. It's not attached to a dogma. Uh, he is a member of the Mormon church, but he's, he's great. Don't, don't let relatable that discount. Everyone, yeah, it's, sure. he's very relatable to everyone. Don't let, don't let that tree not let you see the forest. Um, anyways, Hank Smith uh, had this quote on children. It says, thinking of a child as behaving badly disposes you to think of punishment. Thinking of a child as struggling to handle something difficult encourages you to help them through their distress. I love that. That quote was such a good quote to me as a father to learn how to see our children when they are having distressful situations and as they are acting and what we would, what we are able to see as adults and rationally think of you're acting inappropriate. But to tell a kid that a lot of times they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. What the child sees is they have a problem and they picked a way to solve that problem. And even though it was not the perfect solution, it was the solution they picked. Now, maybe they, they picked the problem was they aren't getting enough attention. And so their solution is they spill their blocks all over the carpet in a way that you recognize it, or they start um, incessantly a having a tantrum. Exactly. And really the problem here is they're wanting attention. And the way they're solving that problem is not a good solution, but it's from a kid. It's not, it's not going to be a good solution. That's why you're the adult in the relationship. And you need to see through the initial behavior into actually the heart of the matter. What, why is my child, you know, what, what, what problem are they trying to solve with this behavior? And how do I, as the adult, help them solve that? Yeah, how do you teach them? Rather than just get upset with them, how do you actually teach them? Um, we're going to pause. So we also wanted to talk about um, teaching our children to self-regulate their emotions. Um, and that's something that you have to consciously be aware that your children don't know how to do that. You've got to teach them how to do that. You also so, need to be consciously aware of when your emotions are not regulated, <laughs> that you are modeling that to your children as well. Like when I come in and start yelling, what the heck's going on? How come there's food everywhere? Nobody's cleaned up the kitchen. This is a rock. I am modeling dysregulated <laughs> emotions to my children. And sometimes fathers, you're doing that. And sometimes mothers, you're doing that too. I can just relate to being a father, not, not so much as a mother, um, but I've done that. And, and really, you do that out of love. Like you're doing that because you want them to know this is not acceptable and they can live a better way. And you're trying to help them understand in a way they'll remember 
But really, in those moments, back to the mastery of love, the book, like, really, all they're going to remember that moment is dad's scary and dad can hurt me. So um, I wanted you to talk about what you did with Brig. Brig was having a really hard time one day, just very emotional, crying. I don't even remember what for, um, but really having a hard time calming down. So Brigham's our four-year-old. And um, reading the book, How to Do the Work with Nicola Perra, um, she talked about ways to help regulate a dysregulated nervous system state. So feeling super anxious, feeling super um, scared or angry or highly emotional, any, any high emotional state like that, um, you need to learn to regulate so that you can come back to your conscious brain, conscious thinking brain, rational brain, not your emotional brain. And so um, one of the ways, the techniques is breathing and um, learning how to breathe through that in a way that calms you down. And so Brig, I can't remember even what he did, but he was just so stinking upset. Like he was, a, he's, you know, a four-year-old, just he had the feeling of injustice had been done to him. And he was just beside himself and he was trying to talk and he was just like, just beside himself, just, you know, <laughs> and trying to talk through like the, the breathe crying and trying to like, just couldn't get it. And I was like, Hey buddy, look, I was like, let's breathe. He was like, I don't want to breathe. I'm like, dude, let's take a breath, you know, and then breathe out real slow. Hold it. Breathe slow, breathe out slow, breathe out slow. And then take another breath. He's like, that's so breaks over. And then all of a sudden I could see him relax. And he, he started to calm. And um, his speech calmed. And I was like, hey, buddy, now that you're calm, let's talk about it. And it was great. Yeah. You know, because that was such a different experience. And, you know, it just wasn't the experience. I love my parents. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here, guys. You didn't know any better. But, you know, you, you modeled better than you were taught. And I'm trying to model better than I was taught. And um, rather than it being a shouting match over a four-year-old, <laughs> you know, of trying to put them in their place as a parent, um, actually I was able to, for once, teach him how to regulate his emotions because I had learned to regulate my own emotions in the same moment. And he saw that. And he's going to be able to move forward from that having learned a tool and a lesson. And another thing, too, that there's, there's different states of mental awareness. And if you're in your fight-or-flight state, if, you know, if you're being attacked, you're not in a learning state. So if you're yelling at your kids, they're not getting it, dudes. Sorry. They just, they're just going to feel anxious. And it doesn't and matter how effective you can yell. Defensive, right? They can't get it. They are not in a learning state. You have forced them into a fight-or-flight state. They got adrenaline flowing. They are not going to learn right now. And all they're going to remember from that is the emotion, just the heightened emotion. They're not going to learn the point. So if you're yelling at your kids thinking you're helping them get an outcome, you're not. Yeah, period. It's, just, it's not going to work. All you're teaching them is how to have an unregulated nervous system. And then in the future, to be a good parent means they need to yell and tear their children apart too. One thing too that I think is so valuable is to talk to your children with respect Sometimes we think, oh, I'm the parent figure. You listen to me and what I say goes and that's it. And when you help your children to feel respected, you can get a lot further. They listen, yeah, they learn, good. they, you know, can hear what you're saying rather than just the dictators coming in to tell me how it is kind of thing, you know? And honestly, as a parent, it's a lot easier if, if you have that dictator, like, I'm speaking, you listen. <laughs> It's just easier. It is. And it's less frustrating for me. And I adopted. I was, I was that dude. And I realized like, 
because I scratched my ear. Anyways, I realized that um, uh, that's not better. It's not better. I, I had a bad experience when Macy, my oldest, she's now 19, when she was 11, 12, 12. She'd just come home from a youth meeting at church. She was in the kitchen. I don't remember why, but she just straight snapped and yelled at me. And I was like, oh, and I raised my voice. Oh, you want to yell? I can show you yelling. And then I was like, oh, wait. I realized I caught myself right then, but all, the cat was already out of the bag. I'd already hit her. I, you know, hadn't, I didn't hit her, but emotionally and, and, and verbally, I, I, I threw that at her. And um, I realized it was bad. And so I said, hey, Macy, look, we need to talk and we need to address this, but we both need to get to a better state emotionally so that we can rationally go through this. So let's give ourselves 10 minutes and then we'll come back to the family room and we'll regroup. And then we watched uh, an inspiring video. And um, at that time it was a Mormon message and we watched it. And uh, then we were able to talk because it gave us time to both calm down, regulate our emotions. And it's good to do that with, with your kids. If you're fired up and super emotional, you got to recognize, Hey, we might need some space. Just, just, 10-minute break, five-minute break, and then come back and talk about it. Same with your spouse. I was just going to say. Things are super heated, and you're, I mean, you're just going around in circles. Neither of you are really listening to each other. You're just trying to defend your position. So sometimes it's good to just take a break. It's okay. Right. Another thing, children need responsibilities. Like if you're trying to help your kids have, you know, the golden-gloved life, and you're trying to protect them from any pain, you are the problem. You know, I can tell in my dental practice, I can tell when the hardest thing this child's ever done is sit in my dental chair. I can tell. That shouldn't be the hardest thing that your kids go through, guys. And yet you helicopter parents are still, oh, baby, I don't want you to feel any pain. Well, hey, you got out of bed, dude. You're going to feel pain. Sorry. You know, I'm not saying, and we provide the most gentle, most loving, most tender dental experience possible. I, I really, we really strive to do that. But even still, it's being at the dentist. I mean, it's getting a root canal. It's getting a crown. It's getting a filling. It's not, even though it's not necessarily painful, it's not necessarily pleasant, right? And so we do our best to do that. But I see this all the time with these helicopter parents that are trying to protect their, parent, their children from, do, from feeling anything that might be anything other than just sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. And I'm sorry, you guys are doing your kids a disservice. Yeah. Well, it, it gives your children a sense of um, pride and, and value in themselves. And when, when they go through hard things, when they do things, when they are responsible, like my, you know, our, our kids do their own laundry and they, everybody except Paisley and Brig, Paisley seven, Brig's four, they don't know how to cook for themselves. But everybody else older, they know how to cook, you know, basically for themselves. And, and they, they can do a lot of things on their own and that gives them a lot of self-confidence yeah. in being able to have those responsibilities and do those things. And, and your kids need to be able to do hard things. It's good for them. They need it. They need to be able to do hard things. Because guess what? Guess what? Life is going to throw hard things at you guys. Life's going to throw hard things at your kids. And if the first time they, they encounter a hard thing is when they're 20, they're not going to handle it well. And it's not going to serve them well. And then they're going to be able to reach for things that are self-destructive to cope with that. And you're not setting your kid up for a good future. I'm not saying, and you don't need to be hard on your kids. That is the opposite of what I'm saying. Don't be hard on your kids. But don't shield them from opportunities for growth. And here's an example. We um, were out chopping cotton. 
one year with some of my children, um, the older ones. And um, I grew up chopping cotton and that's where you go through the cotton field. And if you see weed, you take it out. And so that the cotton can grow and the weeds don't take the nutrients away from the cotton. And we do it, you know, we try to wake up early in the morning because cotton grows in the hotter part of the year. So you wake up early in the morning and you go out for an hour or two. It just depends on how age appropriate it is. Um, and um, this is in step with child labor laws. I don't want you guys, I don't want to hear it, haters, okay? Like, <laughs> it's all legal. Anyway, um, and, and uh, anybody that has seen this in action has actually almost begged me to take their kids with me to do this. Um, so um, anyway, but we go. And there was this one time, there was a particularly hard stretch of, of cotton to chop because there was a lot of weeds Ooh. in this plot of land. And the kids were like, they were like, Dad, we don't like, they're like, let's go. Like this, this is impossible. I'm like, babes, this is not impossible. In fact, this isn't that hard. We just need to work together and do it. And they were like, we don't want to. And so, um, I was like, well, we're not leaving until this is done. And so the sooner we get it done, the sooner we can go home. And there was a mindset shift where, um, I was like, okay, guys, look, we're looking at the wrong way. We're looking at how we can't do it. Let's, is there a way that you guys can figure out how you can do it? How, how can we do this and be happy about it? And on their own, they started singing. They started singing, and they started singing to make it fun. And before you know it, I think it was like 25 minutes, we were done. And it was all good. And all of a sudden, the kids came home. Do you remember when the kids came home? Yes. They came home. I'm going to have to give you a picture to put up because it's just yeah. adorable. They, we've got a picture of them in the field with their little shovels and their hats and their beet red faces because they were so hot. And so they came home and they were happy and they were excited to tell me about seeing in the field and like what a good experience it was. And like it was, it blew my Do mind. Do you remember what they said though? They're like, Macy came in and she's like, hey mom, we were having a bad day, but mm -hmm. then it changed because of, remember she said it changed because we changed our attitudes. Oh yes. And to me that was like parenting win because like, yeah. I didn't have to force them through that. I didn't, I didn't teach them that. I provided an opportunity for them to teach themselves that. And they were able to learn that if they have a difficult task, but they have a positive mindset about it, or if they can shift themselves into a positive mindset, they did that day by singing. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the task isn't that big a deal. And not only that, but they all came together. We all worked together on it. And so it made it that much easier. And they never would have had that experience if we would have said, oh, it's super hot today. You know, let's not make them go out in the field. Hey, guys, and we're not talking about in the middle of July, 120 degrees. I mean, she's making this sound horrible. It wasn't four, four o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. We're talking about eight o'clock in the morning. It was 90 degrees and we had plenty of water on site. Right. It wasn't a child outside. labor camp. Yeah. <laughs> Paint the wrong picture here, babe. But it is summertime outside. I know, but we're in, the, we're, we're in the snowflake generation. I mean, people are going to have a hard time listening to <laughs> this. Eat us for lunch. <laughs> Hey, I mean, I remember my dad sending me outside. I mean, this is back in Montana, but I remember my dad sending me outside with negative 20 degrees with a wind chill. Uphill both ways. To, to, yeah, to, to shovel snow and get it off our, our, our deck because right. too much snow is too much weight on the, on the deck. So It'll break. shoveling in a blizzard, doing all of it. Like, you know, and yeah. I am now thankful for those times. Because it groomed me to be a stronger person, like yeah, absolutely with the hard sure. labor. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I grew up doing this stuff. I grew up working hard, um, man. I had, you know, before I was, you know, I remember being 16 years old and having a 16-hour day in the middle of July <laughs> when it was 118. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but that, that helped me see that was actually hard. That was actually hard. You okay. know what? Sitting in an air conditioned classroom and trying to get straight A's, that wasn't as hard as that. Okay. So there was perspective there. And if you guys want some more perspective, the book Colors of the Mountain, man, that book is incredible. What was it? Colors of the Mountain. The Colors of the Mountain. It's about okay. a kid in communist China that had one shot at being able to go to the university. If you had one shot. Capture it or let exam. it slip. Huh? Yeah, right? Eminem, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, it was yeah. that, dude. It was the epitome of that song, man. Yeah. He, he, he lost himself in that moment because... I mean, he had one shot to have a life and have a good life. And he ended up becoming a Wall Street, um, you know, a, a very successful Wall Street banker. And, no way. Yeah. he Based had, on a true story? Absolutely. Wow. It's a phenomenal book. The Colors of the Mountain. That is a phenomenal okay. book if you want perspective on a hard life. It's important to teach your kid boundaries we were talking about. What did you mean by that, babe? Um, sorry. Marie just got here. So let's so it's touch time on for boundaries. A second. All right, babe. We're back. We had, a, we had to do a little parenting <laughs> here. And we have a... Um, I have a young man we're helping watch for a friend of ours during the day. So she came to pick him up and then we had to um, re- reestablish some comfort for the kids. <laughs> We've been, been shooting for hours. You aren't, so. you aren't just, uh, you aren't just podcast stars. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Your parents too. <laughs> we're not podcast stars yet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, manifest. That's, Man- right. Yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. We don't have the hundred, hundred million dollar Joe Rogan contract. Yeah. Right. Yet. 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 It's coming. It's coming. Um, we wanted to talk about boundaries, um, helping your children to set boundaries for themselves. Um, we oftentimes teach them to be kind and to be nice, to not be selfish, and um, which all of those are good things, but also so important that they don't go along with things that they're not comfortable with just to be nice. Correct. And, and sometimes that can be hard for them to understand what that looks like. Um, so I don't know, just important to have those conversations of what boundaries look like, why you have boundaries and um, just help keep them safe. And again, parenting moment here. Um, you parents, if you don't understand how to establish boundaries yourself, you're not going to be able to teach your kids how to establish boundaries. So perhaps that's something you need to work on. Work on it. You know, have that be a powerless task. Or if you don't do a powerless, dude, the powerless task is pretty good. Like, producer, come on, bro. I, mean, I expect more from you than that. <laughs> Incubation. I must go. Failed, I have. Uh, can we please put our phones on silent <laughs> for the duration of the shooting? <laughs> Parents, if you have a hard time setting boundaries yourselves, maybe that's something you need to work on so that you can teach your kids because it's super important to teach your kids how to set boundaries and to trust your gut. Like if your kids feel uncomfortable about something, tell them to tell them not to discount. Teach them to to step into that and protect themselves. It'd be better for them to be a little uncomfortable and protected than to be um, totally just let their guard down and get hurt. And there's a lot of opportunities. Society is getting worse and worse and worse. And um, you need to protect your children. Um, Do you want to speak to that anymore or Um, do this one? So Meredith was reading 
12 Rules for Life as part of 75 Hard. And this was, this was kind of a funny topic that Jordan Peterson uh, threw out there. But he said, don't let your children do something that would make you not like them. Can you explain that for us? I love that. I love that. Because if your, if your children are, like say you're in a store and they start throwing a tantrum because they want a toy that they aren't able to get, um, don't just allow them to, to do that and cause chaos and, and whatever um, and think that that's okay because you're going to you're going to resent them for that. You're going to have emotions yourself and then you're going to get home and, and, and they're going to have get, emotions in that. Right. And it's going to carry through to the rest of your evening where, you know, nothing seems to go right because everybody's in this heightened state of, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so, but I love that. Don't allow your children to do things that will cause you to not like them. Like it's, it's good. It's a good, good reminder. Here's something too. again, back to the, what I learned from the mastery of love. You need to be able to create an opportunity for your children to come talk to you in a safe space. And if they don't trust you, if they're afraid you're going to hurt them, they can't do this, right? One way that we did this really kind of inadvertently didn't realize we were just kind of following what our parents did and kind of traditionally what some people do um, is on um, one Sunday a month, we would have a a set aside time to speak to our kids one-on-one. And uh, that meant that I would speak to half the kids and Meredith would speak to half the kids. And we would just talk to them about how their life's going, how's school going, what goals, what are your goals? We would, importantly, we would have them set goals and we would follow up with their goals once a month on those and those opportunities to meet. But then also we told them, hey, look, this is a time where if you need to tell me something and you're afraid to talk to me about it because you're afraid you might get in trouble, you can say, hey, dad, I need to have a safe conversation with you. And I need to talk to you about this and I don't want to get in trouble and that needs to be okay. And you'd be surprised the things that they'd be willing to come and talk to you and be vulnerable about as long as they feel safe. But if they don't feel safe, if they're afraid you're going to hurt them or you're going to get, they're going to be in trouble trouble. for it. You're not going to know what's going on sometimes. It's some of the most important times in your children's lives. Mm -hmm. And another, another way, like if another way to do that, which we haven't employed, but I think we should deploy Mm -hmm. is uh, you can have a notebook that is in a known spot in the house. And you, when, a, when a child needs to tell you something, they can just take that notebook and in private and in their own personal way, they can just write in there what's going on and they can just come and leave that for you to find. And then you come and read it in your own personal safe space and do whatever you need to regulate your emotions so that you have a calm emotions and you can present, press forward in love and then you can address what's going on. Yeah. And that I, sometimes it's hard, even as adults, sometimes it's hard to speak about hard things, but maybe writing it out is a little easier. That feels you know safer for your kids to be able to do that. And um, certainly does give that time to be able to think and come up with a rational plan of how you tackle it together. And I don't, that's really good. And just having that time set aside every week to talk one-on-one with the kids Like that's really priceless because if you, what we've found is if you provide an opportunity to, for your kids to talk to you, they will, they will, they will, they will. Like so many times it's happened by accident where like I'll go into the, our daughter's room, our oldest teenager's room and, and the three oldest kids are hanging out and I'll just sit in there with them for a little while. And if you give them that time, eventually they open up and start talking about whatever it is. And, and I've been grateful, grateful for the times when I've intentionally done that because 
I realize, wow, I never would have had that conversation had I not just gone in there and sat in their room for a few minutes, you know? So it's good to have those, intentionally have those opportunities to have one-on-one time with your kids, especially like, I don't know, we have a really big family. So it's important for us to carve out individual time with each of them. So that's been, that's been really good. Another way we used to do individual time and um, not even in a formal conversation, but I, I used to be better at taking the kids to breakfast. And just, um, you know, once a month cycling through, going to breakfast with all the kids. And that was just my time with them, just one-on-one. That's cool. The two of, <laughs> the, the two of us. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I need to do that again. <laughs> I haven't done that for a while. Hey, so but it was really good when I did do that. Yeah, it is good. Even just like, I don't know, uh, we're at the stage now where we have older kids. I don't need to go shopping with any kids ever. Like we've got, we've got babysitters in the house, but if I will take one child with me when I need to run to the store or need to go run an errand or whatever it is, just having that time in the car to talk, like it doesn't, it's not even that you have to intentionally carve out time. Like you can put it into your normal routine yeah, and just be intentional about it. Well, here's some tips. We hope you guys enjoyed. Um, do you have anything else you want to share, babe, before we no, wrap I, this up? I think that was good. Being, uh, it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. We share a lot of tactical information here. I'm sure we'll talk about some of this again. Oh, I do. I did want to say though, like comment on our, on our feed and let us know like what parenting tips work for you. What are some things that, that you do with your family that, that help? Cause we don't have all the insight and, and I think it's great to be able to learn from each other. So or, I, I, I really ask, appreciate that. Or also ask, uh, about stuff that you want help with. Yeah. On the, in the comments, let us know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're here to provide a forum where the truth can come out, you know? And so we, we know we don't have all the answers and you know, iron sharpens iron We're we would love to learn from you as well and get value from, from you because you have value. You have something to say. And we'd love to help share your story and uh, we'd love to have you comment. So we can do that. We also, in order to have this podcast continue to survive, we need you guys to share this podcast. We need you to share it on your social media. We need you to share it word of mouth. And we need you to um, subscribe, share, and like. Clickety-click, baby. Clickety-click. And that's we need that. Um, if you find value in this and you think others might as well, we can't get the message out on our own to everybody unless you help us. So please, we implore you, share this with those that you love and that those you want to add value to. And we want to remind you every day, Find a way to add value to your to your life and those around you. See you next time on the Value Script. Bye.